Even as adults, managing our anger can be hard, and we've had years of practice. For our children, who are just learning about their emotions, keeping their anger in check can be especially difficult. Kids can easily lash out at people who make them angry or at situations that frustrate them. For example, name-calling when they lose a game or throwing the math book across the room. Learning to manage anger is an ongoing process, and as parents, we can help by teaching our children to recognize what sets them off so that they too can keep their anger in check. On today's podcast, Eight Steps to Anger Management for Kids, an article written by Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. You're listening to the Empowering Parents Podcast. Empowering Parents is a community dedicated to child behavior help and problem-solving techniques for parents. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Anna, from EmpoweringParents.com. Children are bombarded with difficult and new challenges on a daily basis. For example, a teacher with limited patience, or a sibling who picks on her, a math concept he can't grasp, or a parent that just says no. And kids have different temperaments. Some children struggle more than others with controlling their temper, even siblings raised in the same household with the same parents. Fortunately, there is an approach used by James and Janet Lehman that helps kids effectively manage their anger. It's an eight-step method that will help you and your child identify and work on the triggers that contribute to angry outbursts and then plan alternative responses they can use the next time a similar trigger fires. Think of these steps as a menu of strategies you can use during the ongoing process of helping your kids learn to manage anger. What works for one child won't necessarily work for another, so different pieces can be employed at different times with different kids. Number 1. Diminish the Potential As a parent, you're probably all too aware of what triggers your child's anger. Sometimes the best offense is a good defense, avoiding the situation or putting the activity on hold until your child learns better anger management. Of course, there are activities like math class that just can't be avoided, but others can be. If playing cards always ends up in an argument for your sons, tell the kids to wait until an adult can join in. You can also replace a problem situation with a similar but less problematic one. If baseball brings out the worst in your son's temper, for example, find a less competitive alternative, like track. Or maybe your teen doesn't do well after school with her sister. Help her find something she can do outside the house at that time, like volunteering, which helps diminish the potential for an outburst. Number two, manage the situation. As parents, we intervene in all kinds of situations to keep our kids safe and happy. Likewise, you can redirect your child and help them diffuse an angry interaction once it's begun. Think about what cools your child down when they're heated up. For some kids, it just might be a timeout in their room, and for others, it might be going for a walk, listening to music, or writing in their journal. If issues arise at school, talk to the teacher to figure out what could work. Maybe it's something like getting a pass to the guidance counselor or working on their art portfolio. This technique is especially effective when kids come up with their own ideas. Ask your daughter what she thinks she could do to cool down the next time she starts yelling at you. Kids can be pretty creative in coming up with their own ways to manage their anger. Number three, identify trigger thoughts. It's important to help your child look at what was happening and then find out what they were thinking at the time of their angry response. As James says in the Total Transformation Program, parents need to identify triggers, as these will cause repetitive incidents of unacceptable behavior if your child doesn't learn how to manage them. 
The focus here is on the thoughts that fuel the child's negative feelings, things like fear, inadequacy, anger, or jealousy, which lead to their angry response. Start by investigating the problem situation with your child. Help him figure out what was going on and what he was thinking just before the angry outburst. To help him describe the trigger thoughts, have him imagine that someone videotaped the situation and then when they played it back, he could hear what he was thinking at the time. Here's an example. The parent says something like this. When I asked you to go upstairs and clean your room, you swore at me, stomped up the stairs, and slammed the door. Let's talk about what happened and what you were thinking. And then the teen comes back with this. When you asked me to clean my room, I was just about to watch my favorite show on TV. I thought that you knew it was my favorite and picked that time to send me upstairs. You always let my brother watch his favorite show, and his room is worse than mine. I thought that was really unfair, and it made me angry. Notice that the trigger here is thinking that the parent was unfair, which led to the feelings that the parent favors the sibling, which led to the angry outburst. This leads us to number four, constructive self-talk. Once you've identified the triggers, try and teach your child to tune in and turn around those underlying negative thoughts. Although it can be hard, kids can learn to practice constructive self-talk, which will then help them develop more acceptable responses to problem situations. If the same problem situations happen over and over, it's likely you'll find that negative self-talk is going on in your child's head. Let's say your daughter always blows up at her older brother when he beats her at basketball. Her self-talk probably sounds something like this. I'm never good enough. I'll never beat him. I'm such a loser. He's such a show-off. Helping her to recognize and switch around her negative self-talk can really help her react differently the next time. Then her constructive self-talk might sound like this. I know I'm trying my best. He's two years older and four inches taller. And I'm actually pretty good at basketball when we play at recess. I'm getting taller and better at layups. Maybe someday I'll beat him. Number five, a simple plan. Help your child come up with a simple one or two step plan for what to do when they're experiencing problem situations. If your child has trouble in gym class, help him come up with a simple plan to cope with the situation. Instead of feeling overwhelmed, embarrassed, and eventually angry, suggest that he talk to the teacher about another way to demonstrate his ability or if he can do an alternative task. Maybe he can arrange to take a brief break when feeling on the spot, a silent signal to the teacher about his growing distress. The important thing here is to work it out ahead of time, tailor it to the situation, develop doable alternatives, and make sure your child is aware of the plan. For an older child, he'll need to buy into the plan, as he'll be the one using it. For a younger child, this might mean telling her what's going to happen differently. You could say something like this. If you have a tantrum at the store, we will leave immediately, and we won't be able to buy that cereal that you like so much. Number six, communicate. Let others know what the plan is. If your child is having a hard time in math class, talk with the teacher and explain what you're trying to do to help your child. You could say something like this. When my son is frustrated in math, he starts thinking that he's dumb, and then he gets overly sensitive to criticism. Last year, it was helpful when his teacher let him do the problems at his own pace. My son felt less pressure, and often he did better on the work. I hope you can help us figure this out for this year. You've let the teacher know the problem, a potential strategy, or a simple plan to address the problem, and then you elicited her support in making it work. Number seven, implement. Once you've come up with a simple plan, the sooner you can implement it, the more likely it is to work. 
Let's say you're taking the child to a football game where they tend to get overstimulated. Plan to sit in a less crowded area and then take frequent breaks. Don't make this plan in the summer, expecting you'll remember in September. Instead, develop the plan, tell your child about it, and then implement it right away. And don't wait until the behavior is unmanageable. If your child is starting to get overstimulated in the first quarter, go ahead and take a break right away. And this brings us to number eight, our last step today. Move on. It's important to move on after trying a plan. If it was successful, then great. It works and you can use it again. If it wasn't, it might take a few tries or some tweaking. Help your child understand that it's okay and that you'll try it again or try something different next time. You both did your best. You tried something new and you'll try again next time with even more success. Helping kids identify their triggers and manage their anger is a tall order, we know. Keep in mind that it's a process, and you'll likely encounter some setbacks or unsuccessful trials, but that's okay. Remember that learning and developing new and more effective strategies doesn't happen overnight. It requires time and persistence. Keep coaching these skills, one at a time if that makes it easier, and your child will get better at managing their anger. You just heard the article, Eight Steps to Anger Management in Kids, written by Janet Lehman. To learn more about specific child behavior techniques developed by James and Janet Lehman, visit thetotaltransformation.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Anna from empoweringparents.com, and I hope to see you back next week for more of the Empowering Parents podcast. 